Welcome to episode 146 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong. I'm a run to PB coach and I'm joined by my good mate and fellow run to PB coach, Zach and Newman. How's things, mate? Going well, Christo. Good to be back on. We've got a big show lined up, so excited to, to chat all things running, mate. Mate, it's, it's 146, getting closer to that 150. I believe you've um, had a little mini holiday over the weekend. I did, mate. I had a bit of an escape over to South Australia, so went over to... Adelaide with a couple of friends. Actually, past guests of the show was over there. We were visiting him, uh, Frankie Conway. I'm not sure if you remember Frankie. Uh, was a training partner of mine. He's since moved to to Adelaide. Part of his he's a Brit who is trying to become a long term resident here. So part of the deal is he's got to do a bit of uh, regional work. So he's over based himself over in Adelaide, still running and, and uh, logging some K's. He's doing Gold Coast Marathon. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, caught up with him, and then went out to the Barossa and just um, yeah, get some antioxidants in, just try and fix the, uh, <laughs> the body. Mate. A little so, bit of medicinal wine. Yeah, yeah. There was we we had to sample quite a lot just to make sure, just to see if we can get the right one that helps mm. uh, calf injuries. So that's still not right. sure what what actually. Uh, um, <laughs> still not actually sure but yeah it was a few cases arrived at the doorstep so i think i must uh-huh. have <laughs> anything that you could recommend over any other brand or um sort of is there a special drop that um assists in calf injuries look i'm i'm still going through the rigorous testing process so um i will keep you <laughs> i'll keep you uh updated mate so I'll look, I'll uh, look a beautiful beautiful part actually um <clears throat> driving through there we're on a bus tour and those bus tours, mate, they start pretty quiet. Uh, almost like you're shepherding uh, out to, to Benigo. They start pretty quiet, but they get pretty rowdy towards the end. And <laughs> just driving around the Barossa, looking at, I know, I reckon we were a week after the race that was through there, and we had a number of run to PB athletes in it. She's a very beautiful spot for a race. And I uh, might have to put that on the list for next year. Put that on the Head over there, mate. I'm actually like Frankie over there. They're considering Adelaide as regional. What's that? Frankie's over there doing a bit of regional work. He's living in Adelaide. Yeah, well, he's yeah. This his partner is in a in a marketing role, so they class that as a regional city. Yeah, right, Adelaide. So uh, yeah, <laughs> he's done very well there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's done well. But uh, yeah, it's a beautiful spot, and uh, got a got a couple of runs in over there. Lots of big parks, and sort of. You've been over there, Chris? Not to Adelaide itself, no. I would love to, but um, no, it's not places yeah. on the large list of places I have not been as yet. Yeah, so there's um, yeah, some, some good spots, and I did sit at a bay there a few years back, and I really enjoyed that race. That's a it's a cracker of a race. It. Uh, down at Glen, uh, finished at Glenelg, although we went down to Glenelg over the course of the weekend. And I definitely, when I finished the race from City to Glenelg, I was in, um, was in a different state at the end of that one. And, uh, <laughs> I was probably a bit more relaxed uh, just sitting in a pub down there as opposed to just heading your way to the finish line at Glenelg where you are, <laughs> you're stumbling, but you're, you're stumbling in a different way maybe this weekend. Yeah, the lungs are heaving a little bit as well rather than the stomach. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, mate. And, uh, mate, we've got 
Another Rugs PB athlete joining us shortly. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, so we were a little bit late jumping on, but uh, hopefully we're, we're all set to go with our guest arriving shortly. No, looking forward to that. Um, someone who has recently completed a, an overseas marathon, so looking Major. forward to, yes, one of, one of the majors. So um, Talking about yes. bucket list events. Yeah, I believe um, raced against Kipchoge that day. So, um, yeah, yeah, looking looking forward to hearing some insights on, on how it all went down uh, very, very shortly. Didn't quite get the win, but um, maybe he can return fire at the next one if uh, Kipchoge, mm, Kipchoge well, uh, wants, to, wants to go up against him again. In fairness, though, did run a PB and Kipchoge didn't manage that. That's, that is true. <laughs> some would say he handled the course and conditions better <laughs> we can definitely ask him about that that's for sure <laughs> you don't want to start a rivalry too much but, uh, <laughs> not, might not, <laughs> not with not without being the party <laughs> present that's a bit harsh uh, mate you've uh knocked out 76 k's for the week mm -hmm. yeah it was a reasonable spicy week. spicy session in there as well yeah no it was um it was a good week i was pretty happy with it um yeah, eight, eight by a K this week. I think it's probably been nearly, oh, must be nearly 12 months since I had a crack at a session like this. I was um, going to say, because Andy does that session pretty regularly. I mean, he's obviously mm. been in a, a different block and I know he's a big fan of those sort of workouts. I'm surprised that hasn't popped up for a little while, but I guess you've also, yeah, had a, a different different prep and with a lot of races and stuff going on, I guess it's probably the timing's right now. Yeah, I suppose. And with this is, I guess, going a little bit more 10K focused at the moment. But, mm. yeah, it was good. Um, I was a little bit nervous heading into this one because, I said, it's been a while since I've had a crack at 8 by a K. But, um, yeah, got out there. It was pretty cold, mate. It was just, just the one degree heading out last Friday morning. So <laughs> Solitary one. The solid, yeah, it was a, <laughs> the single. Um, that's at 5.55 though uh, yes the <laughs> warm up began slightly earlier than that yeah but, um, yeah and that was look I guess the good thing about that time of morning when it is that cold it's very still mm. so um, whilst it's cold certainly had the glove, the gloves and the arm warmers on so um, but yeah so still no breeze at all you're an arm warmers guy for most of your sessions or is this just when it gets under no nah, just if it's under, i reckon it, four degrees is about my cutoff yeah if it's under four then um gloves and arm warmers typically stay on for most of it but otherwise um yeah i don't think i've done a session in them um actually i did bad with the yeah. with the minute standing recovery i just get to the end of the session you, or end of the rep and you could just pull them back up refix everything <laughs> A uh, bit of a chance to relax. Nike ones, or yeah, or, they are. Yeah. yeah, just the black Nike ones. Yeah, extra large. <laughs> yeah, it's, I just I think everyone knows how fond I am of um, going to the gym and ripping a few <laughs> sets of bicep curls. So <laughs> um, yeah, no, large arm warmers, but um, mm. no, it was um, it was good. It was, the mm. session itself went well. I ended up averaging three twenty nine. First couple of reps, I think I really did need those just to really get the body. A bit warmer. Um, yeah. The first first rep was okay, but it did feel a bit clunky. Mm. We ran that in three thirty three, and then um, next one was a little bit quicker in three thirty one. Like by the end of that second one, it just felt like the body settled a little bit. 
and felt a bit relaxed and I wasn't shivering um, in between recovery. So, which was good. And then it just sort of progressively got a little bit faster there. Um, sort of couple at 328 then sort of um, 326 and finished with a 324. And that might've might worked just a fraction harder over that last one, but mm. um, pulled, up, pulled up really well. I think that was the exciting thing was I mean, sometimes going into these sessions where there's a bit more volume, it's one yeah. thing to do the session, but it's, it's another thing to be able to come out the next day and actually, um, you know, run a decent long run or, um, you know, not need to take it super easy on a recovery run. So I was super happy with that. Um, Just to, the, yeah. I was going to ask you a couple of questions. First one around the paces early, sort of just locking in effort. Were you looking at the watch through the reps or how do you gauge pace on that? Yeah, the first couple definitely looked at the watch a few times. Just being as cold as it was, um, it was sort of hard. To, I don't know. Yeah, not, don't normally feel that that cold would do this sort of session that often. So, um, yeah, I was hoping to be able to dial into a pace between sort of 3.30 and 3.35 um, you know, going to Gold Coast. I want to try and run under 36 minutes for 10K. So that's around 3.35s. And I figured, well, with the minute standing recovery, 10 minute or sorry, 10K effort's going to hopefully be a little bit quicker given the recovery on the day. So mm. um, yeah, I was hoping that it was going to be in that sort of 3.30 to 3.35 window. So the first couple was just, I guess, trying to hit those and make sure that felt okay. And it did. So once I got those first couple out of the way, I maybe checked the watch maybe once during the rep, um, just for a bit of reassurance. So yeah, we're still going okay. And um, yeah, the body didn't feel like it was trying to hit anything too hard. And the heart rate stayed pretty consistent as well. Um, sort of, especially towards the end of the reps, it wasn't really spiking any more than, than any of the other ones, which was good. So yeah. Because you're pretty dialed into your body and done a lot of sessions. I guess you can almost do it with your eyes closed to agree and that you're pretty close to the mark and that you sit, you get it on the pace and you don't need to be constantly checking the watch, which is, um, it's just comes with experience, I guess. Yeah. No, I was pretty happy. Even just wearing the alpha flies, I think I wanted to make sure that uh, whilst, you know, the shoes do feel really good that weren't running or sort of not getting a false sense of security that um, mm. things are coming out better than, than I thought. So, yeah, it was, it was nice. I even I admittedly running at that time in the morning, it, it is pretty dark, but the stretch of road that I had was pretty well lit in terms of street lights. So sort of one every sort of 100, 150 metres. So if you really wanted to, you could, could check a bit more often. But, um, no, it was nice. Like, it's just nice to be able to dial into that rhythm and then hold it consistently especially in the second half of the session like for me um, whilst I guess I mean look in the scheme of things it's not um, it's not probably numbers that you'd ever sit back and go wow that's amazing like it's it's good for me but um, I was just happy with a consistent effort across the session and probably the the pleasing thing I guess because we're always talking about the body of work not just mm. one one good session or or one good day was that I was able to come out the next morning and do my long run. It was only 90 minutes, but um, averaged sort of in the 440s for that and generally felt strong yeah. on that run. I think um, normally it's ah, health health for me is, yeah, like just, just putting back-to-back -back days and, and having the weeks come together. I sort of feel like I'm, I feel like I probably absorbed the Bendigo run 
um, by Friday, which was nice. And yeah, got another pretty solid session this week. So hopefully you can bank that and then have another good week next week. And um, that'll get us to, well, yeah, by the time the end of next week rolls around, we're only going to be a couple of weeks out. So um, I was just yeah. sorry to cut you off, mate, but I just wanted to bring you back to that eight by take because I think it's important for a lot of people who, who do workouts and get sort of inside your head on these big, uh, when it's sort of, you know, eight to 10 or 12 reps, are you breaking down the rep numbers? Are you kind of working uh, like I'll get to four and I'll get to the next two or, or how, do, how do you, how do you reckon with it in your head? Yeah. So with, with this one, I worked in sets of two. So I just looked at it as four sets that yeah. um, I just had to get down and back. Yeah. And then right. Yeah, bang. Yeah. There, there's one set. And the way I would sort of look at it um, and it sort of keeps my brain busy as well. So mm. Um, I would go, right, so, you know, for example, the first set around 333 and 331. So I'd come back and go, all right, well, that's a 332 average. There's a tick for yeah. that one. Cool. Good job. Yeah, all right, yeah. on, on to the next one. Let's see what we do for the next two. Um, no, sort of 330 and 328. Oh, brilliant. All right, well, that's a 329 average. We'll take that. Happy days. Um, so, yeah, yeah not, not just going, oh, hey, that was a really good rep. Or geez, I hope I can hold it for the next one. It was just... Um, yeah, I just found it sort of four sets of two. Um, mm. Mentally felt manageable for me. Yeah, no, that's an interesting. I, I've actually always done it with like thinking get to the first, get through the first four, and mm. then two two. The last two, I usually feel like they're free because you kind of you know you can get that that last, yeah, you know, the the second last rep. You know, well, you got one rep to go, so you just get through that. That uh, yeah, I was fine. Once I get to that fourth, finish that fourth, I'm like. Okay, I, I, the, the five to seven is is pretty tough, but yeah, yeah, you get through it, and yeah, you're on the home straight. But yeah, no, it's interesting, and also I think when you're doing that, up and back really helps, and you obviously have landmarks along the way as well that you'd be picking out, and then, as mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing something, some a course or a loop that you do a lot of workouts on, and obviously this session you're probably pretty familiar with doing one k reps, yeah. I know the tan, I've got certain um, zebra crossing and lights and things like that where I just almost like get to those points and relax and, you know, know that I've got X amount left. And yeah, it's just things that you become familiar with in sessions. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, um, running along the stretch of road that we've got, uh, it's one that we probably don't do a lot of sessions on this road, but we do run down it on all, pretty much most of our easy runs or, or long run. And we'll see occasionally there's a lady named Kay. And Kay's um, sort of famous in that part of Shepparton. She'll come yeah. out real early most mornings and she'll have a, a big bag of oats and, and some breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. And she'll just walk all up and down that street there and feed all the birds. So whether it's kookaburras, magpies, galahs. In the middle of the road or? Oh, she'll walk down the edge of the road. Um, yeah. But she'll sort of, she's got her own little landmarks and she'll sort of run between those and then put some food out and all the, all the birds just in the area, they know exactly who she is. Yeah. Um, the only danger for that is um, sometimes she'll wear sort of red or, or pink clothing, um, which I'm rather partial to myself. <laughs> and if, if we get out before she does, we have been swooped by some birds expecting a bit of food. Um, so I was a bit nervous initially going down there, but luckily in the dark. Um, so I may, I may have had a, a pink top on that um yeah thankfully the birds were still asleep and weren't overly hungry at six o'clock last friday morning <laughs> maybe in your next marathon uh block 
you can have a chat to Kay and see if she just sprinkle out some Morton gels at, the, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, dear. shout out to Kay. I'm sure she's listening. Yeah, no, I have no doubt. <laughs> oh, no, she's a legend. Always greets us with a smile and says good day um, using our name. And literally the only time we ever see her or we've ever met has been, um, yeah, just on the run, um, he- heading along there and just stopping to say good day. So, no, she's an absolute champion. Nice one, mate. And uh, finish up for the, obviously you finished finish out the week out, but you're already into a bit of Botan action as, as well this week. Yep, back into the hills, um, back to the boat end. So, yeah, Anna had a couple of easier weeks post Great Ocean Road and we decided that um, her legs had seen enough hills <laughs> at Great Ocean Road. So we sort of stick to the flat for a couple of weeks, but she was um, oh, super keen to get out there on Tuesday and and do a few sort of K loops out there on, on the hills. So, yeah, and no, it was good just to get the legs. It's actually amazing saying to her that... Um, with cross country over the last sort of month, heading back out to the Botan, running on a sealed path up a hill, actually yeah. feels quite, it's quite easy now relative yeah, yeah. to um, running at Bendigo and even Gels Park. Just, um, yeah. Yeah. So very, very happy with the progress that we've made on the hill. But um, yeah, no, yeah, it has to have uh, local legend status there, don't you? No, Anna's got that. Yeah. Okay. There, there is a, we do have a runner at the Runners Club. Um, Mark Bedell is his name and he is a big fan of ultras so um, he ran in a backyard ultra last year which wow. um, partook part of the I know you're a massive backyard ultra fan Zach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I know right my next one yeah yeah <laughs> but um no Mark, Mark runs a lot of k's each week so um, he, he's rather partial to um, doing some loops out of the boat team as well but um, no, I'm pretty sure Anna's got the local legend status well and truly tucked away. Um, 1K there. Botan 1K record as well. Yes. In the, uh, in the women's category, Andrew Sate has uh, knocked out a 254 on there, I believe. Reckon that the GPS might have been generous that day. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah. I think any... Was that a... Right? Was that a oh, okay. Looks like yeah, I reckon a, we had a handicap race on that uh, day. Okay. And yeah. that 1K loop doesn't actually feature the last part of it. So um, there is probably a few skewy times from that one. But yeah. no, I think if there's a running segment in Kyala or um, sort of that southern part of Shepparton, there's a fair chance Anna's name is next to it. <laughs> so or with a crown. So, yeah. Nice. Beautiful, mate. And uh, all roads lead to Gold Coast. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, we've actually booked into the race now, used um, code run to PB to, to join the team. So, yeah, all, all signed up. Yeah, Flights and accommodation. Sign, yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've, I've double-checked <laughs> a few flight. offers. Yeah, oh, mate, there was heaps. Um, none from Lululemon, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, we um, all signed up and looking forward to the weekend. We double check the flights and the accommodation, and they're still on the dates they're meant to be, which is a relief. So, but no, I'm just looking forward to getting up there. I think there's some really cool stuff planned, and um, just being able to go and catch up with a few people. I've got a couple of um, my athletes heading up. So, yeah, mm. mate, just looking forward to getting up, being a bit social, um, smashing some teppanyaki at some point over mm. the weekend. and eating at some delicious eateries at, at Broadbeach. So, 
Yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah, and you did mention Lulu Lemon. Obviously, our boss Brady is uh, mm-hmm. been over doing some um, some some work with them with his new role as an ambassador. But uh, we are going to be uh, having an opportunity to do a shakeout run. We do the Friday, so there's going to be a few few athletes going to be along there, a few coaches, and there's also going to be. Something else in the pipeline, potentially, like at the hub that they've got set up, but definitely on the Sunday, there's going to be an invite over to the Inside Running podcast live show for Run to BB, you guys, to get along because there is a, an after, there's a celebration afterwards. I believe there, there may be some light refreshments available. Yeah, there'll be a few Devonshire teas and, and whatnot, <laughs> sure. but uh, <laughs> that'll be happening on the Sunday. So, yeah. Uh, Big, uh, big thanks to Lulu. They're going to be um, helping out with uh, some of the activities over the weekend that we're going to um, going to work with them on. So that'll be pretty cool. I'm actually I'm hoping that I'll get the chance to come along. Uh, I'm not sure if I've reached cool enough status to. Oh man, uh, yeah, you are already in the <laughs> you're in the ballpark. No, <laughs> Nora's just giving me the thumbs down. Basically said no. You're definitely not cool enough to, um, to run. <laughs> you are man, all but, welcome. All um, inclusive. Everyone will, will hopefully be there on Friday, and I am looking forward to heading along. I think it's a, is it a nine o'clock start for the shakeout run on the Friday? I believe so. I think we're just confirming a few uh, details, but yeah, it'll be around that time. There'll be some coffee going afterwards. At uh, it's going to be at the QT. That'll we'll start mm. from there, which is the race hotel or in service paradise. So it's a pretty pretty central spot, and uh, everyone can get along, go for a run, have coffee, and uh, chat afterwards. So yeah, no, we'll, once we've got all the details locked in, it's a couple of weeks away. We'll, um, we'll post that, and uh, yeah, it'll be cool to to catch up with everyone. Yeah, looking forward to that. It's a nice spot too. The QT. I've um I've been in in definitely <laughs> look there. Yeah. Uh, I think not last year, the year before. And yeah, it was very, very nice place for accommodation. So, yes. yeah. Well, it looks like our guest is about to enter. I wonder if uh, if our guest is going to be coming along. So, we'll be able to hit him up on the spot, see if he's going to be heading to the Gold Coast. That's it. Let, let's, um, let's get him in and find out. Joining us this week on the Better With podcast is a run to bb athlete, Charles Jacobson. Charles came to run to bb back in August 2019 with the aim of finding an online running coach who could take him to the next level. In stepped Andy Buchanan, an elite runner with an incredible insight and expertise into the world of running. Came a match, match made in heaven and at the time he'd had 11 years of running in the legs and was approaching the fast approach in the big 4-0 with a goal to get over to Boston in 2020. Although, uh, as we know, COVID might have put brakes on that one. But in 2019, he set himself up perfectly to attack this goal, setting some PBs across the five, the 10 and the half, including a debut at the Two Bays Trail Run. After the, the COVID break of racing, Charles hit back hard in 2021, lowering his half, 10 and five once again. PBs of 17, 17, uh, 10k 37.08 half of 120.31 and most recently a massive pb in the marathon of 257.10 welcome to the show charles thanks saka thanks chris great to be here that's um that's quite an intro I, there's a lot of things that you mentioned there that 
I do not remember. I'm glad you did your research. I've been around for a while now in the run to PB community. <laughs> you have, mate. You've been a stalwart. And I think uh, what helped is back a little while ago, we did a, a vlog with you and uh, we did a little bit of a, a Q&A. So <laughs> that's, that did come in handy in uh, a little bit of research as well. So thought it might have. <laughs> mate, uh, how have you recovered from Bendigo? Not too bad, actually. Um, I don't know. Bendigo doesn't doesn't mess me up as badly as it seems to mess some other people, possibly on this podcast. Um, not, not that I ran that well. Not that I went. Uh, you know, not that I actually ran that fast. But yeah, I usually I usually come out of Bendigo okay. I think it's just all the hills that I run around here. Uh, yeah, it doesn't do too much damage. Although all those rabbit holes were a bit of a problem this year. <laughs> actually, Zacher, I did hear your voice a couple of times and usually I'm able to at least kind of just look at you and smile and I realized both times I'd gone way yeah. past you by the time I realized it was you so I was obviously struggling right. I don't usually cheer for Diamond Valley athletes but I made an exception for uh, yourself and Telford so thank you uh, totally understand uh, on that course yeah it's there wasn't many people waving or grinning uh, as I cheered yeah Mate, what, how do you enjoy cross-country now these days? You've been on the AV scene for a couple of years now. Are you starting to love the cross-country stuff a bit more? Yeah, I do. It's it's so much fun. I mean, I I really love trail running as well. Uh, so kind of anything off of off of the road and off of the track, I enjoy. Yeah, it's it's good. It's just, even though it's painful, I like the fact that you're never really on flat ground. You're never really... Like you never really have to be going at full pace. You always have to be just kind of adjusting to the to the terrain and that sort of thing. And I I appreciate that. How do you how do your memories of cross country now compare to um, some of those memories you had back in high school, mate? Because I believe you weren't so fond of cross country as a kid. Oh, I wasn't fond of fond of running as a kid. I was <laughs> I was a, a bad runner. I was one of those kids where running was a very much a punishment. So yeah, I just remember being bad at it and disliking it uh so but that's running in general now i seem to love running and i i didn't fall so i, I don't know what's happened what do you what do you think sort of led to that change in mindset for you that's a good question um it wasn't yeah i mean it wasn't an overnight thing but i don't know i'm just i suppose like pretty much everyone who's listening to this podcast at a certain point it just clicks you know i started running started running for you know to, to lose some weight and to try and get healthy and you know going along going along and then suddenly it clicked and the next thing I knew I actually enjoyed being out there and it really that that's been the case ever since and now yeah I can't I can't go a day without running um even when Andy asks me to go a day without running I, I can't. <laughs> yeah we got we got a few comments uh <laughs> from coach Andy and he may have referenced but you said you didn't like, uh, I thought you loved 400s. thought you liked getting on the track oh, and 400s. Boy. <laughs> uh, he, he, some of his He's having a laugh was, there, I think. Yeah, he said not a fan of 400s, so I don't think they come up in your uh, final search too often. I was supposed to do 400s on the day of Bendigo, actually, but I chose cross-country. <laughs> <laughs> he might have said you don't mind sneaking a few extra Ks in each week as well. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm guilty of that absolutely <laughs> uh, hey just just back to your, your beginning of running can you remember your first official race or fun run or and how did that go 
Oh, yeah. So I, I got into it um, around kind of 27, 28. And I was living in, I was actually living in, in the US and a, a co-worker of mine at the time, he was a mad keen marathon runner and beyond. Uh, and he he ran a lot of trails. So it was trail racing actually at first. He kind of just convinced me to go along and run a couple of trail races. And yeah, as I said, trail racing is so much fun. So yeah, those were the first few races I did. Um, not serious, certainly wasn't doing any kind of structured training or anything like that. Um, and yeah, just just loved it. Uh, loved the up and down and all that sort of thing. And didn't really kind of get into any sort of road racing for quite a bit after that. Then I think I ran my first marathon in maybe like 2010 or something like that. Uh, and by that point, I was very much into it. Uh, I just loved the grind. So you mentioned, mate, you're living over in America. Did you run your first marathon while you were over there? No, unfortunately not. Because um, I got into running, you know, while I was there, but we, we were only there for a few years. And it was around the time that we were kind of planning to and then moving back to Australia that I was really getting serious about it. So I didn't actually get around to running a marathon until we moved back. And then I ran uh, Canberra Marathon, which was, you know, fine for a first marathon, not a very fast course or anything, but it, that didn't matter to me back then. But I, I wish I was running marathons when I lived there because there are just so many great marathons over there. Like there's probably, you know, there's probably 50 marathons of say kind of Melbourne marathon level also over there. It's just mm -hmm. sensational for that sort of thing. But no, I wasn't running marathons back then. He's a spoil for choice, mate. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Now I just have to drag the whole family, you know, once every blue moon to, to run over there. Yeah, we're going to get to your travels and of late, we mentioned it in the in the intro about your massive run at Boston. Uh, I did want to touch on a couple of those recent PBs, a uh, couple on the track, yeah, Box Hill Burn, I believe, of the 5K, is that 17, 17? Yeah, that's and, right. Yep, that was Box Hill Burn. Yeah, how did you find jumping on uh, had you done a lot of park runs it was track racing a, a, a move for you or uh, I'd done a few park runs not not that many um so yeah that was not that long ago it was about a, a year prior I finally thought oh I might as well give the track a try um bit of encouragement from Andy as well um and yeah look I don't particularly like running on the track I don't enjoy <laughs> sessions on the track um and I don't particularly like racing on the track but you know if, if there is something kind of just special about just trying to lock into a pace and completely switching off even though I'm not very good at that sort of thing um yeah so I would I'd say it's never a pleasure to do it but that particular race at Bendigo uh sorry at, at Box Hill was a great race for me I actually just got in that that pack and didn't do anything and then at the end was able to you know, kind of finish really strongly, which is, you know, very rare for me. So yeah, that, that was a great race, even though I don't necessarily enjoy the track. Yeah. Do you, do you come away with having a result like that, mate, and sort of fall in love with it a bit more? Or do you sort of like get it done, tick it off, be grateful for the time, go, all right, cool, that tick that box, I'm not going back for a while. Yeah, no, I um I I definitely do for for like, you know, for for a week or whatever I am in love with the track after a result like that and that that lasted as long as until when I saw you Chris at Bendigo <laughs> and then went a minute slower in Bendigo and tried to run 
an even faster pace than the week before, but in like 35 degree heat. Yeah, in so, fairness, your run at Box Hill, I think, was 16 to 18 degrees and drizzly rain. Yes. And then fronted up to Bendigo, literally six days, no, seven days. Yeah. No, it would have been eight days later because was Bendigo, no, sorry, Box Hill was on the Thursday night, yep. I think. And then, um, yeah, so eight days later, and yeah, it was, it was 35. And just, it was <laughs> disgustingly hot to the point where um, there was a sprinkler on the track. But, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still having nightmares about that myself. But, oh, um, look, that's, yeah. I mean, that, that, that might be the end of my track career, that one. That was just uh, bad <laughs> well, conditions, bad tactics, bad everything. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I, uh, look, looking at your Strava comment when you did the Collingwood Classic over 10K on the track where you said that it was your first 10K on the track might be your last. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm surprised. <laughs> that seeing a theme did, here. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you get to 2023 and uh, stay on the track and, I'm guessing Andy must have um, gone the hard sell to get you on the, the the start line of the Collingwood Classic 10K. Yeah, actually, I, I'm trying to remember what his reaction was when he said when I said I was doing that one. I think he just, you know, he's 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 a man of few words, Andy, uh, and <laughs> especially in in um in final search comments. He just yeah. says just a few words and that's enough. And I think he just said something along the lines of, "It's tough. 10K is tough. It's concentrate." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, nice one mate uh, we mentioned in the intro about Box Hill, uh, Box Hill Boston <laughs> and the fact that I believe you had the confirmation or qualifier or confirmation of acceptance of your entry in 2019 is that right? Yeah, just, yeah, uh, right. just pre- where everything in the C word kicked in and uh, everything was put on hold. Talk to us about why Boston as well, obviously the major, but was there a significant part around uh, Boston, picking Boston? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my, my dad ran Boston a long, long time ago, back in the 60s, and kind of that was always my my memory when I was younger when he would talk about running. You know, that was kind of you know always a big thing for him that he ran Boston and so that kind of always stuck with me and then at a certain point I realized that actually that might be something that's possible for me um and then it was you know time to try and you know first hit that kind of sub three hour marathon locally get that qualifier and and then do it so yeah it was very much because my dad did it but also I, I had run um, New York Marathon the year before as well. So I'd already experienced a marathon major and they're just amazing. They're just, um, there's something on another level. They're just so much fun, regardless of whether you've got a, a goal of a time or you run, want to run a PB. They're just an, an amazing experience. Yeah, 100%, mate. And looking at the build and we're going to get to the race day, but your build and if you look at the, your Strava and we're having a bit of a stalk earlier at just some of the sessions you were doing. Uh, is there anything that you can recall some of your favorite marathon sessions in that block? One that I saw that uh, Andy had, I reckon it would have been three, three, four weeks out, maybe put it in for a 25k easy into four by two K at marathon pace. Uh, how does that one, uh, when you think yeah. back to that one, <laughs> That's the one that is, that is absolutely the number one session of the block. I really, I enjoyed that one. Like I, I like that stuff. I like the, um, 
I like, you know, basically those long marathon workouts where you're doing quite a lot of easy running, get that in the legs and then going into some sort of a, you know, some sort of intervals or something like that. I just love it. Also just like, you know, you know, the more classical ones like, you know, four by 5k and things like that, stuff like that is fantastic. Just give you so much confidence. Um, and probably the, one of the biggest confidence boosts I got was I thought I had done all of the big marathon workouts and I was about to get on the plane and on literally on the day that we're about to fly out, I see Andy's popped in just a sneaky little 12k threshold, just uh, <laughs> into, into final surge. And I really thought I was done with anything to do with threshold at that point because most of my running had been at marathon pace. And so anything faster than marathon pace felt very scary to me. Mm. So he throws 12K threshold in there and I was just like, oh my God, how am I going to get this done? And how am I then going to sit on a plane for, you know, 15 hours? But I got through it. It it went very well. And after that, I just, yeah, I had a lot of confidence. Having um, Andy as your coach, mate, I mean, I suppose he's so um, talented across a few ra- ranges with the both the track and on the roads, um, great range in the distances. But what are some of the things that you've learned from Andy um, that's really helped your running? Oh, look, so much. I mean, even outside of his coaching, just kind of watching what he what he does, you know, stalking him on Strava and just seeing what he does there. It's very impressive. The races he chooses, very impressive. Um, but from a coaching perspective, yeah, look, I mean, probably it's the, it's the, it's the whole accountability thing. Um, and I find it's not so much accountability that you're going to do the work. It's often it's accountability that you're going to maybe not do some of the silly things that you shouldn't be doing. And I know Andy's always just kind of watching and I know that, you know, I can't do too many extra K or I can't, you know, I shouldn't be doing any silly splits that, you know, aren't required. So really just kind of having that, that influence is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Andy's very level-headed and he's a very calm kind of character. And I know yep. that uh, yeah, you don't see much erratic or uh, you won't see a random super session just pop up. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very steady. One of his, uh, I wonder how he would have reacted though when uh, you flew in, flew out and landed at, uh, was it Dallas Fort Worth Airport in Texas and uh, <laughs> wanted to knock out a run and might have just rolled around the airport um, car park? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, you, you run where you can run. It's yeah. it's either that or on the treadmill, and I'm not yeah. doing the treadmill if I can if I can avoid it. So yeah, I'll run around a I'll run around an empty car park if I have to. That's absolutely fine. It's like a great view. Doing any photos. crazy intervals or anything, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I got a, any kudos from Andy on that one. <laughs> Just having a look at some of the photos there, mate. It looks like the um the buildings were the same color as the concrete. And the road, um, just just a wall of sort of beigey, brownie, um, and even the sky. It was overcast that day, so um, yeah, beautiful airport. I, that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the sort of the sort of yeah. runs you know that well. You've you've ticked every box in the marathon block. You haven't left any stones unturned. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chris, oh, do you want to take us take um take Charles to the race day? I do actually. Oh, I can't wait. This is almost like I'm going to be a passenger just listening to this, mate. But 
Um, Boston's probably the one major. Well, I don't know. I've probably changed my mind, but I'm in love with Boston. I just think it's just um, just a magical event from the history of it. But for you, mate, obviously it means a lot to you, given that your dad ran there back in the '60s. But how was race day for you? Um, you know, the lead up to the event in the morning. What were the nerves like, and and how did the race unfold for you? Oh. The nerves were on high alert. Um, actually, if I just kind of go back a couple of days, worth worth mentioning. My um, so we we went to Mexico uh, and then we got back to the US on on this trip, and my son got quite sick. He had a stomach ache, and we thought he'd just oh. drunk the water in Mexico. It turned out he had a um an appendicitis. So we oh, no. kind of oh, this wow. is in uh, Washington DC. So we oh. spent a spent a bit of time in the in the American medical system Jeez, uh, and at that point yeah very stressful hoping that the travel insurance is going to cover the bills that was kind yeah. of the main thing but anyway that was um so there was a there was a point where I didn't even know if I was going to get to Boston I was just thinking oh, wow. this you know we don't know if we're going to be in for a, a night which we were or whether he was going to be in there for a week so I yeah. didn't even know if Boston was going to happen I'm just thinking oh no but anyway, we got through that. He was absolutely fine a day later. Um, so then kind of once I got to Boston, I, I suppose I had a bit more of a, uh, you know, a bit of a more relaxed attitude. I'm like, wow, a couple of days ago, I wasn't sure I'd be here and I am here. Yeah. So so now I'm feeling pretty good about it myself. I managed to to not do any running the day before, which is which is good for me. Uh, Andy, <laughs> I'm sure, was happy about that as well. Um, and then And then, yeah, just like that morning, you get the bus out all the way out to the start line and it's um like it's it's a long bus ride because the start is you know 42k mm. away from the center of boston and i was on the bus with um i was on the bus with this very friendly guy from new york who's run boston before we're having a great chat about everything running but he was he was giving me his his opinions on how to run the race and his opinion was well it's downhill at first so you need to go out pretty hard and you make the most of those hills uh, and bang it. some time early, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just i'm just thinking oh my god this is uh not what i need to be hearing right now and this guy was a good runner this guy was probably like a 240 marathoner or something something yeah. on one hand this guy is a much better runner than me but on the other hand he is just talking rubbish and i just need to stop listening to him just <laughs> kind of smile and nod my head yeah so yeah had a, had a great chat with him but managed to just not take any of that advice um and then got yeah. to you know got to the start line and it's a very long time before you actually start so it's very cold and, and so forth just that. kind of milling around really cold yeah and, and wet and hours and hours because the how far, the race how doesn't far start. out what are you yeah how far so, out are you there waiting around at the, the start of one? Oh, hours. I think we're there for three hours or something like that. Yeah, it's wow. a, yeah, it's a very long time and it's just so much nervous energy. Obviously, there's thousands and thousands of people and you're all just kind of milling about and it's cold, you're shivering. Mm. It's yeah, it's a it's an interesting, it's an interesting yeah. place to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And the race itself, mate. Race itself, yeah. I mean. I went in with a with a plan again, uh, well crafted with Andy, um, and the plan was just obviously run very even and don't do what I've done in previous marathons, just really stick to the splits that I want to stick to. And so, kind of Andy and I agreed that basically do not run faster than four tens. So none of your um 
None of your 5Ks should be, you know, any faster than 2050. Um, if they are, you're going too fast, slow down. So every other marathon I've run, I've gone in with a similar plan and then got very excited and, you know, run those first 10, 15K way too fast. This time, for whatever reason, I just managed to keep it all together and I just hit those splits. And as a result, I felt good pretty much all the way through. And the first marathon ever where I actually you know, I actually felt strong at 32, 35K and was actually able to come home quite quick um, and negative split for the first time ever. So yeah, the it, it, the race went better than I could have expected. And I just, you know, it's just such a nice way to run a marathon to actually come home strong and be the one overtaking people rather than getting overtaken. So it's a great That's experience. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say with that downhill uh, you know, obviously the downhill nature of the course and early on just trying to keep the brakes on how did you go managing that with people going past you or people just going like was it a bit of a um yeah a bit of a testing time at some point where you think oh i could just push on here or oh, you enjoying 100 percent. yeah no no i was i was doing everything i could to to relax and let people go past me and i just kept telling myself i'll see these people later you know mm. <laughs> again in, in my other marathons it's been the other way around i've gone past these people and then i've seen them later but this time i was just like no i've i've come too far i've you know yeah. come across the world for this race i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to a plan and yeah i just managed to do it did you see your mate who was giving you the <laughs> advice on the bus <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i went past him at 42 at 40k no no I, 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 unfortunately i couldn't remember his name i really wanted to look him up and find out Very what he ran but but i didn't yeah yeah, yeah. very cool mate and uh, you obviously yeah so you pretty much had a i guess a holiday beforehand and then afterwards we were pretty much back on the plane so you did it almost a reverse way yeah yeah i did it the wrong way is what you're trying to say like, <laughs> yeah i saw you in it's, mexico um, i was like wow that's a that's a bold move pre-marathon yes. <laughs> yeah it was um yeah i mean it that's just the way it worked with kids yeah. and school holidays and all that sort yeah. of thing but yeah we we did do the holiday first um yeah i mean it's not ideal trying to you know trying not to eat too many tacos every day and you know too many bagels <laughs> yeah and all that sort of thing um and yeah, just try and stay off my feet a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of the way it had to be. So we made it work. Just another quick one about your training. Is it typically solo? Do you do any workouts? I, I reckon you got in a run with Nick McDermott at one point. Was that in the block? Was that? Yeah, Nick and I. Up? Nick and I did a few, a uh, couple of long runs, uh, and we'll probably continue to do that. He's about, oh, he's about an hour away from me. But there's some really nice nice trails kind of halfway between us um but no apart from that i'm pretty much entirely solo um yeah. just with the ridiculous times when i do my running again like so many yes. other run to pb folks there's it's just not many people available around here to, to join me so <laughs> andy did uh, as i say andy did reference that you do run ridiculously early so uh I think that was uh, also he was there was a bit of kudos for that i think he thought it was pretty the, impressive i mean there's yeah, there's clearly a bit of a com there's a bit of a competition going on amongst us, isn't there? Yeah, there's a few people trying first, to. Uh... So I'm I'm just doing my best here, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool coming home and um, you know usually load up a session, get home, and sort of tuck into your breakfast, haven't finished your run, 
that's all done and busted, dusted by seven o'clock and you can log on and usually see a run from Charles. There's one there from Sauce. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. the only other one that I've got that runs early um, is one of my athletes, Carl, but he's over in New Zealand. So that doesn't really count because he gets a two hour head start. But oh, yeah, um, that doesn't he, count. He, his runs do start with a five in them most yeah. times, but. Yeah, he, he's usually his run pops up on Strava before I head out. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but no, definitely, definitely a key member of Team Early Start. That's for sure. <laughs> Is that a good segue into? Um, actually, before we move into your quick questions, Chris, so rest of the season. So you've you've recovered from the Mary, obviously jumped into some AV seasons, AV races. What are you What are you focusing on for the rest of the year? Yeah, I will certainly try and do as many of the remaining AV races as I can. Um, won't be able to do Cruden Farm, but I think I'll probably be able to do everything beyond that. So very much looking forward to Bandura, looking forward to Burnley, um, you know, even, even the tan relays, all of that sort of thing. I just really enjoy, love the relays, really just to enjoy all of those races. And I've just signed up for Melbourne Marathon, so I'll I'll give oh, that another beautiful. crack. Um, try and take what I learned in Boston and actually yeah. uh, run Melbourne the right way. Cause the last time I ran, it was not, not great. So yeah, that's, that's nice. the, that's the big one later in the year. Uh, that's exciting. We've got an exclusive signing, an exclusive <laughs> release of a uh, few people jumping into Melbourne marathon already. So uh, yeah, good to, good to hear mate. And uh, we'll be excited to follow that journey as you build up. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, man. I think Cruden Farm might be a good one to miss. Might need a boat to get around there by the time <laughs> by the time it pops up on the calendar. With all it's a tough one, Cruden Farm. It's like twelve k is a long, a long way it's to go long, across country. Across and country yeah. There's a lot of things to like you, Zacher. I struggle jumping over those logs and so forth. It's um, <laughs> it's it's hard going. <laughs> Yeah, but you you're at least um you know taller than five foot, so you don't have. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure covered. if we've measured each other back to back, have we? We might have to try oh, that. No, no you you gotta go out in the room and say you have a couple of feet on me. Quick questions, Chris. I know you've yeah. been keen to get this uh, put Charles under the blowtorch. I am. I know this is um Charles has been looking forward to this too, so. Um, we'll start off with your easy ones, mate. We'll get you, and then before we get into some of the tricky ones, but um, your watch, what are we rolling, mate? Garmin or a chorus? Yeah, it has to be a Garmin. Garmin yeah. 645 music. Ah, very nice. Uh, what colour? Oh, black. Yeah, is, there, is there other <laughs> colours? There are yeah, other colours? I've got a white one. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. I didn't even know there was a white one. Yeah, yeah. no, there's different colours out there. Um, you've got to shop around a little bit for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there is other Of course, colors. you've got a different colour, Chris. Oh, yeah, it's got to be a little bit surprised there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay. Hey, um, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Yeah, no, good choice. Yeah. Um, Favourite gel? Ooh. Um, uh, it was Morton for quite a while, but then I just, I don't know, I find them a bit too chewy. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so I've actually uh I've gone back to the goose. I, yeah, okay. I quite like the goose. Yeah. What flavor is too bad? Uh, I like the I like the lime, or lemon lime. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is that what you went with over in Boston? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, very good. Um, you mentioned before that you do most of your runs alone, but do you prefer to run alone or with someone or have a bit of company? 
Mm, I I must admit I do enjoy running with people, but I do it so so irregularly that you know I think maybe it's just because it's a bit of you know it's a bit special to do it because it, it happens so rarely. Maybe if I did it all the time, I'd want to go back to just putting the headphones in and listening to podcasts. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I'm very happy just putting the headphones in and running by myself. But on the rare occasion I do get to run with people, I certainly enjoy it. So even on those early morning starts where it's it's pretty dark, you're still going with the headphones and have a podcast in? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's all right. Um, shorts, mate, half tights, hoodies, what do you prefer? I like the, I'm, I'm very much going through a long tights phase at the moment, actually. I love the Tis love the, the season. Tis, tis the season. Tis the yeah. season um, yeah, for the Robin Hood look, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> for, for race day do you, do you have a preference yeah just the just the splitties um yeah I, yeah I'm, I'm not too fussed really i don't i don't think it makes a big difference for me <laughs> <laughs> oh you've broken his heart you've broken... <laughs> no no yeah. look we, we need to embrace running um basically being like, it's international and global running day today um, we haven't given oh, that really i haven't seen any posts about no. it no i think that's all that's literally all i saw on instagram today yeah. and there was a comment i can't remember who it was from but there was a comment thanking running for being the sport where it's okay to wear socially unacceptable shorts and socks <laughs> yeah. um, which yeah. i thought was brilliant that's fair enough um yeah, but no, that's cool. Um, you mentioned your love of the trails and your disdain for the track, which I'm quite frankly, I know that both myself and Andy are completely disgusted with that. I'm but, on your uh, team though, Charles. Yeah, on, no, definitely okay. on uh, team non-track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for races though, what's your favourite surface to run on? Like, do you genuinely now really prefer that sort of cross-country vibe where the, it's a bit more undulating and you're not sort of, so focused at dialing into a number or you know would do you prefer the road and that's where your marathons are and that's sort of that's your thing like yeah I, I don't know I think I, I think like kind of trail and cross country are more fun but the marathon is definitely the race I love the most so it's going to be the marathon for quite some time I think so yeah that is still far and away my favorite race and I'll I'll keep doing that for years. So that'll, that'll always be my favorite, but I think just for just kind of pure enjoyment um, and less, maybe, you know, kind of less pressure. Um, yeah. Trail and cross country is fantastic. How many marathons have you done Charles? Uh, six. I've really wanted to kind of get to a point where I can just do two every year, you know, and just keep yeah. doing that for the rest of my life and just, you know, <laughs> injuries come along other things come along yeah but that's kind of always always going to be the plan is just to just do two a year and just keep doing them yeah like it with your shoes mate favorite set so both easy days and sort of sessions or races what's your go-to uh easy days it is it's pretty much the same shoes that have been mentioned lately i really like the nova blast i really like the triumph those are probably my two favorite easy mm. at the moment um i've gone through a lot of pairs of 1080s as well new balance 1080s gone through a lot of pairs of pegasus enjoy those as well um and then probably for kind of the workout but not race would be the endorphin speeds they are fantastic that's a that's a shoe that if i'm traveling somewhere and i can only take one pair of shoes that's always the pair of shoes to take 
And you then could when do. I'm racing, it's. I was going to say, I reckon you could do nearly everything in a set of speeds. Yeah, absolutely. I if you had to cross country as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. What about race day? What are we? What are we putting first in for race day for the shoes? Yeah, it's it's just the it's boring. It's just the next percent. It's um, it's not, uh, not they've, they've the served me percent. well. Yeah, that's it's kind of they've served me well. They were the first they were the first super shoes I I got. Loved them, and you know I've had a lot of other super shoes since then. But I keep going back to the next percent. They they are fantastic. Any <clears throat> any super shoes you don't rate that you don't enjoy running? No, oh, just the Alpha Flies. I I oh. bought a pair. Ran one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's my flat feet. Blame the flat feet. Uh, I ran Zach one is, session and that was it. I had to that, sell them a marketplace. Zach has <laughs> fallen off his chair. Yeah. He's gone. Oh, He's just left the call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. They're designed for people that have arches and I apparently have no arches because they were very uncomfortable. I'm sensing a bit of a shoe dog theme here from you. And uh, if you jump on your Strava, there is a lot of shoes listed with mileage <laughs> next to it. Is that accurate mileage? Or are you, are you actually logging that as part of your Strava? Oh, absolutely. That's uh, I would never <laughs> that is, miss yeah. any mileage on those shoes. I, I love it. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Alphas <laughs> have got 20.8K in them. It was a good <laughs> session. It was a good long <laughs> session, but one and done. Yeah, whereas you've got some, yeah, New Balance Fuel Cell Pros getting 350Ks, some Vapor Flies are about 500. Oh, there's a, it's a long list yeah, of shoes it's on It's a here. long list. It's impressive. <laughs> Have you got a favourite race outfit that you wear, mate? Like, I know you look resplendent in the Diamond Valley Green on AV days, but, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I know you're, you're a very modest man who probably doesn't um, like to stand out, but... Come race day, what do you typically look for in your race outfit? Yeah, I'm, I don't have any pink kit, unfortunately. Not that yeah. I have a problem with pink. I, actually, it's a great colour, but I don't have any pink running gear, unfortunately. That's okay. Um, uh, for years and years, I just wore this one kind of scungy old, I think it's an Under Armour black, black um, shirt. And it's just a, you know, it's just the shirt I always wore for racing for some reason. And then I finally decided to move on. And so at Boston, I ran in a lovely Ernie old top. Yeah. Melbourne. It has Melbourne written on it. And I was just getting people shouting out, go Melbourne the whole race. (laughs) It was such a good decision. Yeah. (laughs) People were just cheering for me the whole way through. It was, it was amazing. So that's, that's that's definitely the race shirt. The green and white number. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been tempted with some of Andy's fashions to say, say, yeah, yeah. maybe the navy blue and white Bendigo one. Oh, I, that would be stolen valor. I'm not a, I'm not a bash. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping the coach happy is the given he's the poster boy of our Ernie Old. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, all good. Now, look, I know you get out very early, mate, but if you could choose, would you keep going out in the morning or would you sort of venture out into the evening to do your runs? Um, yeah, it's, it's all mornings at this point. I, um, you're probably the same, Chris, I can't sleep in anymore. You kind of get up really early for long enough and you just feel really weird in bed beyond about 7am. Um, so yeah, no, very much morning. And I just, uh, you know, I I don't like the feeling if I get up and get on with my day and I haven't gone for a run. So it's, it's gotta be morning at this point. Uh, The workday flows a lot better on the days that you run, doesn't it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you just you just have that whole day of kind of feeling superior that you've <laughs> before anyone else got uh, out of bed. That's what I'm doing wrong. Yep. Okay. You sold me now. <laughs> that, that feeling lasts for hours. It's, it's really good. You give that a try, Zach. Just roll into the office knowing that you're just better than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I see it when I'm scrolling through Strava at work. I'm like, I just feel I feel very underachieved here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, I think this is recency bias, but it's probably Mexican, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tacos? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be tacos. I love yeah. a good fish taco, actually. That is, oh, uh, yeah. I great. ate a lot of those when, when we're over there. So, yeah, so it's got to be that. Is it Taco Tuesday at your house like every Tuesday <laughs> or like how often are we rolling the, the Mexican at home? Yeah, not often. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find any good photos of fantastic home-cooked Mexican. <laughs> I, I love eating Mexican, but I wouldn't say I'm a great Mexican chef at all. You know, it's all it's all old El Paso around yeah, here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. There's a big yellow box in our cabinet, in our pantry as we speak. <laughs> of old El Paso. Yeah. So, no, yeah. it's okay. We would love to see a photo of you of the next set of tacos that you do. All right. Um, so we can add it to the collection. But yeah, are you a, yeah I'll um, give it a shot. Soft or a soft shell or a soft uh, or a hard shell, man. Yeah, definitely soft shell. That's a, that's a must. Yeah. What about our taco ingredients, mate? What are, what are we throwing in? Uh, at home, usually it's, you know, it's just kind of mints and beans and, um, you know, cheese and lettuce and tomato and chili, things like that, just all yep. that sort of stuff. But eating out yeah something like a nice a nice kind of deep fried piece of fish with some you know some coriander and some other ingredients i'm not quite sure that that are in there um, yeah. <laughs> no that's all right yeah. it's spicy over there as well yeah i i was trying to avoid uh some of the heat especially when i was getting closer to boston but yeah yeah i was um there were some nice spicy tacos that were very good <laughs> Stuff. Uh, good stuff hey uh your favorite aussie runner and why is it andy buchanan <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's pretty good uh yeah um oh look uh, is he would you call uncle chen an honorary aussie <laughs> oh no <laughs> i don't know if he'd get through customs to be honest <laughs> uncle chen yeah, it's, um, it's, been, it's been a few weeks since i've been allowed to mention uncle chen and i'm absolutely <laughs> thrilled that you brought him up so uh, bring uh, him back yeah, he has to do some regional work. He has to go to Adelaide, do the regional work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uncle, Uncle Chen, look, I know um, Gold Coast, obviously trying to maintain their gold label status, <laughs> could be on the overseas entry list um, this year at Gold Coast. So watch this space. Um, that's an unconfirmed rumour I'll add to uh, well, that he'll be there. Sydney are trying, all pulling out all stops to get this major. So maybe Uncle mm. Chen could be the ticket. Yeah, oh, that'll bring the crowds. Yeah. Sure. Probably, <laughs> he's not quite the social influencer that they were probably thinking of getting. But <laughs> I tell you, if, it, if that's what it's going to take to get some bums on seats on the on the airplanes <laughs> coming over, then maybe Uncle Chen's the man to do it. Uh, we need to look up Uncle Chen's Strava. See how he's tracking. Oh, he's, he might have run parkrun or something recently. Uh, I don't know. Something for us to look into. But I mean, do you have a favourite? Aussie runner that's not Uncle Chen. Oh, it's it's probably Stewie, as more than more than one person have said. I'm 
I just uh, love the way he races. I love the fact that he's kind of he's at at the front from the gun. He's he's not sitting and kicking. I I do enjoy watching that style of racing. Uh, and then probably on the women's side, it's probably most of the Australian female women's marathoners at the yeah. moment. Are yeah. Jess Stenson, Sinead Diver in particular, they're just uh, yeah fantastic doing what they do. Uh, as parents at their age, it's just yeah very inspiring. No, it is. I um, especially it's something that as um, uh, us fellow blue collar runners <laughs> can relate to. You know, they literally are um, juggling full time work, kids at home, and trying to run bulk miles every week. So yeah, yeah, amazing, and just just getting better. Like you know, getting better in their forties, which again mm. we can we can really appreciate. That's just that same the three of us are all <laughs> still trying to maintain. So trust the dream, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I know that you do love a podcast on the run, and the obvious answer is better with running in terms of favorite. But other than better with running, mate, what are your favorite podcasts that you listen to? Uh, are there any other podcasts out there? No, That's well, you know, look, there is. There is some people that do have some long commutes during the week where one podcast just isn't enough. Um, and they have ex- exhausted the back catalogue. So always <laughs> always like to see um, if there's any other podcasts that people listen to that they that they might recommend. Yeah, it's 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 all of the all of the best running podcasts inside running. Obviously, that's kind of inside running is kind of where I really went down the rabbit hole of appreciating mm-hmm. running and becoming a fan of the sport. And so I kind of went from there. Um, I like the Run It Three Ways podcast, which I think i picked up that re- recommendation from inside running yeah. uh for the kudos as well um inside jogging yeah you name it i listen to it listen to a bit of tell me your tales yes absolutely mm, really appreciate all the bad stuff that's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well, might go be back further there's better stuff before the bad maybe, maybe yeah exactly maybe. Yeah, yeah whilst that is skip a very... to season yeah, yeah no. There is um no probably I mean that was good it hasn't come back for a second season though I've noticed but um no that the early stuff was the I guess the forerunner for inside running so there's a lot of mm. lot of really good sort of down to earth chats which um yeah I, I highly recommend but yeah no, it's maybe yeah, I agree you've um you've already listened to all that stuff is there any um non running podcasts that you that you dabble in. Yeah, I listen to some comedy podcasts. I listen to a yeah. podcast called Never Not Funny, another one called Stop Podcasting Yourself. Um, those are probably <laughs> my two favourites, I would say. Yeah. Um, bit of everything, though. Yeah, I haven't done much lately, but I've have listened to a lot of audio books as well. Just when you're when you're running, you know, so many hours by yourself, you just you just go through the audio like nothing else. If someone sees you running along just laughing to yourself, they'll know you're yeah. listening to comedy podcast. It's a bit embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one way to keep your easy runs easy. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, um, it, it's worse, actually, when I'm listening to The Imperfects because then oh, yeah, I'll be cool. running along and someone will just see me weeping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, feels with that one. Yeah. Oh. Hey, last one, mate. So if you could choose a training location. You've got the, you know, you're only an hour from Nick there, but... You know, if you could choose anywhere to go, where would you head off to and which three people would you take with you for the camp? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go a little further afield than Kilmore, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That is a, a nice location. It's just been in yeah. Mexico, so. Yeah, yeah well. Exactly. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if this this would actually necessarily be a great training camp, but the running in New York City was just fantastic. Just straight into Central Park and that mm. place is just so big and it's just this massive jungle in the middle of the city and you can run yeah. for hours in there without even having to see, you know, a street. It's It's really quite incredible. So that's a great place to run. Um, and also along the Hudson River. So it's um, there's New York is actually quite good for running these days. It's not really trail running or 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 kind of dirt, but it, it is fantastic for running and there's runners everywhere. And I suppose if I went to New York and I didn't take my family, I'd get in a lot of trouble. So I'll, I'll take <laughs> them with me. <laughs> but for someone who's never been to New York or even overseas for that matter, but how would Central Park compare to somewhere like the Tan? <laughs> I know it's completely it's different, just... but, for, but to give people who would have no idea a bit of a description. It's it's got a bit of everything, honestly. It is for one, it's huge. It's about the size of the suburb I live in. It is that big, and it's um, it's got it's got parks. It's got an ice skating rink. It's got trails. It's got it's got a golf fields. driving range. In there. It does, yeah. yeah. There's um, there's a museum. There's a zoo. It's it's just absolutely enormous. It is so big, and yeah, when you're in the middle of it, you wouldn't have a clue that you're in a in a big city. Have, I did have a run. I was just going, I did, did a run there post-Chicago. We spent some time there after doing Chicago Marathon and legs are still beaten up, but we still got out and did a few runs through there. And you, because we weren't doing like anything, we maybe 8 to 10K, but you, you're only just getting into the, the park, a tiny bit of it, not getting to see the other side of it. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's just an amazing place to run. Definitely so, um, recommend it, Chris. Yeah, no, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully, I've got to get a passport first before I can actually venture overseas. <laughs> yeah, hopefully one day. I think I'll give you one. Uh, well, hope, yeah, hopefully. Um, just out of interest, how big would a loop around Central Park actually be if you if you did a lap? Do you know? Oh, if you Is actually, it possible? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, that's a very good question. I don't know. I mean, it'd have to be just up and down. It would have to be probably at least maybe a good two to three K, I would say, you know. Mm. maybe 3k up 2k across so yeah yeah i think there's like five five or six mile loops you can do there yeah because there are just so many different routes all the way through the park and they loop around so yeah you could just run so for hours in there easily massive lake in the middle i think yeah yeah um yeah it's just almost like having i don't know what are you going to say like three or four tans in the middle of New York City. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Thanks for answering the, the quick questions, mate. So I guess one one final one. This is a bit of news that um, came across Zach's desk in the last couple of days, but we understand that um, you might be carrying a little bit of a niggle at the moment. <laughs> that that might be the case. Have you, yeah. uh, you get, got some inside information from the coach? Look, may, have, <laughs> may have heard a little bit of a whisper that um may have taken the kids out for for a bit of fun on the weekend but can you give us a bit more of a, of a rundown across the so maybe some of the adventures that you got to yeah. over the weekend well i um uh every now and then the kids and i will go to to bounce which is one of those trampoline places near us and we get there and i am on those trampolines quicker than the kids are on those trampolines. <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> so I'm, I'm on there like pushing kids aside to get on there and 
do these old man flips and stuff. And so I just, <laughs> you know, got a bit carried away uh, and then didn't even realise until kind of later in the day, I'm like, oh, that quad's a little tight. And then the next day it was tight and it's, it, and it's still tight. And it is definitely a trampoline-related injury. <laughs> <laughs> so just to confirm for the listeners that you're, you have sore quads from doing excessive amount of backflips on a trampoline. <laughs> correct <laughs> that's unreal <laughs> that's a great effect. Uh, yeah andy and andy had never heard of that injury before so <laughs> <impressed>. <laughs> i know final sir there is a pain report thing is option you can do i don't know if you filled that in with uh yeah the <laughs> trampoline injury uh, well i was just wondering if i could record the activity on strava but i don't think they have <laughs> bouncing on it well, you mate, you would have got plenty of vert, that's for sure. But um, yeah, not sure about the mileage. No, yeah, maybe <laughs> negative kudos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably deserved if that's the case. <laughs> mate, before you let you go, uh, I know you're a listener to the show, and we from time to time we jump on a bit of world record chat, which is generally brought to you by our Canadian Running News, and uh, they're covering the big stories. And we thought it was good timing off the bat of your injury and uh actually this one is a bit more serious that <laughs> canadian running news is has covered because uh the the cheese rolling races were on over the weekend chris in um <laughs> in england and canadian running news were covering it and uh they had a canadian team member oh a, a canadian in a bunch of events and uh in the women's race canada actually got the winner across the line but unfortunately she got uh knocked out on the way down and uh was actually pretty so uh, there's a twitter footage is uh yeah pretty full on if you ever watch any of those cheese roll- rolling rolls, like, they absolutely uh hammer down it but there was uh, a good good ending she did she did um obviously come back and uh was able to revive and uh got the win and was rewarded the win and uh, there's a photo of her smiling afterwards but pretty hectic scenes down the um down the hill there chris mate I, I don't know how they do it so um just just to give people a bit of a bit of background so th- this hill it's 200 meters long and it's pretty much straight down <laughs> and they for anyone who's watched anchorman yes it's, it's a whole wheel of cheese um, people that have watched that will get that but um it's a full wheel of cheese that weighs three kilos and they hurl that thing down the hill and it reaches speeds of around 100 k an hour while people just go full noise chasing it. Um, now, on this occasion, I'm Delaney Irving. So she's our, our Canadian, um, I guess, hence the interest of Canadian running magazine. But she's taken the trip from Vancouver Island over to, to Gloucester and um, she's hurtled down the hill. And I don't know, about maybe three quarters of the way down, she's taken a tumble and knocked herself out cold <laughs> and like literally cold, like not loopy and just sort of yeah. where am I? She was, she was cold to the point where, um, yeah, like she literally was being ragged off down the yeah. hill. But um, just turns out that she got there first, but she had no idea until she woke up um, in the paramedics tent later on and um, was told, <laughs> told that she'd been taken the win or taken the win. And um, yeah, there is a there is a picture on Twitter of her holding the, the three kilo wheel of cheese, very pleased with herself. But um, there was also in the in Canadian Running Magazine, 
uh, there is a, a bit more to the article there where um, local resident Chris Anderson, mm. who's had 23 wins over 15 years, uh, apparently there is multiple events over the weekend. It's not just a 200-metre dash, but um, 23 wins over 15 years and um, came out of retirement from this year, but he suffered a few injuries, including a concussion. Uh, he's also had bruised kidneys and broke his ankle on one occasion as well. Uh, running down the hill, but um, said that he was fortunate to um, get away with it over the years without really hurting himself. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but a broken ankle, bruised kidneys yeah. and a concussion, I'm counting those as pretty serious running injuries. He's um, a new father, yeah. so that's why he's uh, hung up the boots. I think, uh, yeah, the, I guess he's a Kipchoge of cheese uh, rolling, mate. He's the, the goat and he's, uh, he's got to hand it on. Maybe you're the man to take the mantle, Charles, off the back of your... Um, trampolining and uh, <laughs> daredevil escapades. Would you would you give it a crack down the hill? Andy's not listening. Uh, you sure Andy's not listening? All right, I'll give it a go. Yeah. I tell you, world record chat has really gone ridiculous. This might be <laughs> the most insane one I've heard so far. <laughs> you think um, like cheese rolling, mate, um, given your cross-country background, do you think you know probably it'd be best to roll with some spikes or like this, the speeds would get the job done sort of rolling down the hill or maybe a bit of barefoot. Oh, geez. Yeah. Maybe in those, those ridiculous Vibram five. <laughs> Shout out to all our barefoot. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it is back. Cause I was just reading uh, the article sites that they canceled it in 2010 after the safety concerns, but then it, went on without official sanctions. <laughs> so it is back as a sanctioned event. So it goes on your world athletics profile, I think, this one. That's good, yeah. I believe the waiver you're required to sign is fairly lengthy, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just having a look at the photo of the event, sort of the, the hill sweeps around. So it's not kind of just a straight yeah. descending run. There's a bit of a bend in it. And looking at the crowd, like they've got, you know, those um, orange sort of plastic traffic fences that you sort of see just hung up by the side of the road. And they're not really put there with any intent. They just kind of hang <laughs> loosely and flap around the breeze. Well, that's really that's holding the masses back. And I'm looking at these photos and there's people like six, seven, eight deep on, oh, on the sidelines here. Yeah. yeah. More than like a bit of athletics, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. And we could, you know what, Zacha? Maybe we can talk to Mitch about this. And we could, <laughs> no, maybe not, we could, don't let Mitch near any of this. Like this. He'd commentate that. Oh, maybe no if yeah. we could supply Mitch some footage of the cheese rolling, he could put some commentary over the top of it. We might have something for um, Channel Ocho on ESPN that could be I have been in, Yes, I have been in uh, chats with Mitch. Uh, he's come off the back of a cruise. So he was on a family cruise. Um, I don't know if you saw the footy. He, um, Jumped on a bit of karaoke and uh, stole the show there. But he is—he's <laughs> going to be heading to a couple of diamond leagues, and uh, he's going to come. He's going to jump on in a few weeks and uh, give us a bit of a recap because no Mitch, he'll he'll be able to work his way into the uh, into the call room and uh, be hanging out with all the celebrities and the race stars. So uh, it'll be good to catch up with Mitch. So mm. we can float this to him because he is in Europe. So um, mm. I he, look, he's he's going to have. <laughs> Some amazing stories to tell, but listeners, if you do have a desire to listen to Mitch commentating a cheese wheel race, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's like drop us a comment on the on the Instagram or 
or just um, a bit of a, even a shout out on Strava, just some way that we can take a snapshot and um, and send that to Mitch to show and say, look, mate, this is exactly what the people want, and I reckon he'll be all over it. Uh, good stuff. All right, on that note, we better uh, we've lost all the listeners now, but uh, no, great for uh, great to. Uh. to to sort of learn more about your journey, Charles, and uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time to to jump on. And um, yeah, looking forward to following your, your lead up, obviously AV races, but also the road to Melbourne Marathon. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's been great chatting with you guys. It's uh, it's a thrill. I've been listening for since whenever the first one was. So yeah, it's been a thrill to get on and have a chat. Uh, thanks, mate. Cheers. We'll catch up soon. All right. See you guys. Yeah.